This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Spirit must be welcome to do what he wants to do. When he, we get, see, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty, whatever you want to call it. That's what I want. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost to do what he wants to do because I don't know what to do. Amen. ways of God, but we can't put God in a box. Amen. We can know the way he normally moves, but that does not uh, predisposition him to never moving a new way. And the most, the, the biggest resistance to the last move of God is always the next move of God. I'm sorry. The biggest resistance to the next move of God is always the last move of God because people get used to doing something a certain way. People get used to dancing and shouting a certain way. People get used to singing certain songs. And sometimes the Holy Ghost will come in and just turn everything upside down. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Listen, prophesying to you now. We are in a season. We are in a, come on, I'm prophesying to you now. We are in a season of spontaneity. It is time for us to get out of the rut. It is time for us to stop doing everything the way we normally do. It is time for us to break out. I stepped into France and the Holy Spirit said, you're in a season of spontaneity. Now lead the way. Begin to prophesy, decree and declare it because we get so tied up in the mundane. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Guess what? We woke up on Sunday morning. I said, Prophet Vanessa, how would you like to go to France? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Let's get on a train and go to France. You need a little spontaneity in your life. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you need some spontaneity in your life. Amen? It's a season of spontaneity. Go drive home a different way. Go out to eat somewhere different. Amen? Do something different than you normally do, and you'll get something different than you normally get. Variety is the spice of life. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, God is good. I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself. We've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and I was convinced and convicted uh, throughout the week as I was praying and, and, and studying and, and just really battling a lot of uh, demons. Um, you know, when you begin to go into uh, nations, continents, uh, it's a different warfare. And so we've been going into Europe, and, and I've been told, it's been prophesied over and over by many people of great stature that I have a key for Europe. I have something to birth revival in Europe. It's hard to believe that looking at, uh, looking at you know, just me, but it's not me, it's him in me. And so, but that comes with warfare. Somebody say it comes with warfare. Anything you do in your life for God is going to come with warfare. If it doesn't come with warfare, it may not be God. Because I know the way of the Lord, but I also know the way of the enemy. And the enemy always resists God. That's what he does. He is a resister. Amen. And we are called to be resistors of the enemy, but the enemy is a resister of God. And we must understand the ways of the spirit. And we must understand that we are a spirit. We are a spirit. We are a spirit. Let me see here. Let me read you this quote. A.W. Tozer was a great figure in the 20th century church. He said this, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. Somebody say, I need you, Holy Spirit. 
We need him more than we know. I need the Holy Spirit. I went through such warfare this week. I need the Holy Spirit. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit to show me what is this coming at me. I need the Holy Spirit to show me which things I need to do and which things I need to cut out in this season. And so do you. You've got to get this revelation that you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. If you could just understand this. See, we've heard this. Listen, I know we've heard this. We've heard this over and over. You're a spirit. You live in a soul. You have a body. You've heard this over and over. But what happens when you begin to meditate on this reality is there's a revelation that opens up to you. And suddenly you find yourself being more led by the Holy Spirit in your spirit than by your soul or by your flesh. When you begin to focus on you as a, because you are a spirit. God created you as a spirit, a seeing spirit. That's how he created you. He later gave you a body when you came into this earth. First Thessalonians 5 and 23. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Father, help me, Lord, today to stand as an oracle of God. Lord, put your words in my mouth, God. I need you. Every part of my being needs you. My mouth is reliant upon you, God. My body, my mind is reliant upon you, God. I need you to work through me because apart from you, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, God. Empower me. Grace me. Help me, Lord, to teach your people how to step into realms by the Spirit that they didn't even know existed. God, make us hungry for the things of the Spirit. God, help us to understand your word in a way that we've never understood it before, even though we may have heard it many, many times. Help us, Lord, to be those who pursue who hunger and thirst like a deer pants for the water so our soul longs for you just imagine that for a moment saints a deer running pursuing that water racing toward that water because he's just got to have a drink and by the time he gets there he's out of breath he's thirsty and he's guzzling it down that is how we should be about coming into the presence of God pursuing him so father open our eyes today open our ears today help us lord to go a place we've never been in jesus name amen it's okay you can help me preach today i don't mind first thessalonians 5 and 23 may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we've got to get a revelation that we are a walking, talking spirit. But the world, or even many in the church, say it this way. You are a body, soul, and spirit. We get it mixed up because we tend to be focused more on this. Because this is what we can see. I look at myself in the mirror every day while I'm brushing my teeth. I see myself every day. You see yourself. We see each other. But we need... We, have you ever seen your spirit? I've never seen my spirit. And that's why we're more body-focused than spirit-focused. Because we're going, walking by sight instead of by faith. But we have to understand the reality is we're a spirit. Our spirit is what was born again. Our spirit is what was saved immediately. See, there's three levels of salvation or three outcomes or progressions of salvation. When you were saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, your spirit was immediately saved. You became a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. Amen? But all things didn't become new in your mind. 
And all things certainly they become new in your body. If you are 100 pounds overweight, what, the day you got saved, chances are, unless a hotshot prophet with a miracle weight loss uh, anointing came along, you were probably still 100 pounds overweight the next day. And your mind certainly wasn't renewed. Your mind was not renewed. Romans 12 and 2 says, uh, be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the total renewal of your mind so that you can prove what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. See, our minds need to get with the program. Our flesh is never going to submit. Our flesh is at enmity with God. The, the spirit wars against the flesh. The Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit. And you know this. You know that sometimes your flesh is raging for a cheesecake. First, I got to have the cheeseburger. Give me the fries with the chili sauce and the cheese. Your flesh wants what your flesh wants, and it wants it now. And your flesh is a nagger. Your flesh nags and nags and nags and nags till it gets what you want, or until you tell it to shut up. Amen? I command my body. I command my body, get up. Get up. Because my body, when the alarm goes off at 4 a.m., Pastor Cecil, my body says, hit snooze. The voice of my flesh is loud. Turn off the alarm. Unplug it. <laughs> you don't really want to get up this early. No, my flesh does not. My flesh would sleep all day and all night until it wanted to eat. And then it would get up and eat until it wanted to be entertained. Then it would go off and be entertained. Our flesh, the Bible says there's no good thing in our flesh. We live in a digital era in which we can have friends all over the globe. Yet true, deep, personal connections are hard to come by in a busy world. And finding a church that offers prophetic revelation and practical keys to overcome the enemy's plans for your life can be difficult in a seeker-friendly church world. Enter ahop.online, an outreach of Awakening House of Prayer. We're a global community of believers passionately pursuing God's presence. We're a prophetic church where the Holy Spirit moves. We empower you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. Get connected and make true connections in the Awakening House of Prayer global family. If you can't come to our church in Florida, come to our church online. Isaiah 51, 9 and 10 associates Rahab with the dragon spirit. Rahab works to knock the wind out of you, squash your courage, and quench your prophetic flow. You can discern and defeat the Rahab spirit in the Spiritual Warrior's Guide to Defeating Water Spirits. Spirit is the one who escorts us there. And so we are a spirit. All of this will not be here in a hundred years. Or if it is, it'll look different. But the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit are eternal. The things of this world are temporal. The things of the Spirit are eternal. They're everlasting. And so we are a spirit. And we're one with God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. 
Now, this changes everything. When you really begin to contemplate this, when you really begin to meditate on this, that you are a spirit and you are one with his spirit, this changes everything. This changes your whole perspective, your whole paradigm. This changes everything. Think about it. You're a spirit. Well, if you're a spirit, then you're not sick. Well, your flesh is sick. Well, if you get your spirit man strong enough, if you sow enough of the word in your heart to renew your mind, your mind and your spirit will take over your flesh. Your flesh has to submit. You're the one that has to make it submit. But our unrenewed mind doesn't want to believe that we're healed because our body is saying, I'm sick. Our unrenewed mind doesn't want to believe that we're prosperous in God because our bank account is saying, I'm empty. So we have to build up our spirit, man. This is why in Jude 20, the Bible says, praying in the spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. This is not just faith. This is your most holy faith. See, because there's different kinds of faith. There is what I call hybrid faith. Hybrid faith is mixed with doubt or mixed with fear, or mixed with unbelief. It's not pure faith. Holy faith is pure faith. We have faith for certain things, but if it's not pure faith, it's not mustard seed faith. And if it's not mustard seed faith, it's not going to move the mountain. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Now, I'm sure you've gone to Home Depot and seen the mustard seeds, right? Or some garden store. They're teeny, itty, bitty, bitty, but it grows to be the biggest tree It's that little bit of faith. But that mustard seed is not part mustard, part collard. It's not part mustard, part apple. It's, not, it's a pure mustard seed. And we don't need much faith, but it's got to be pure. And we get pure faith by praying in the Spirit, building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Because this, listen, listen, this is dealing, this is message is completely different from this morning. This is dealing with your subconscious mind. You have to understand that our subconscious has been programmed by the world to do and think certain ways based on past experiences, based on all manner of, 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 of lifetime circumstances. For example, I bet you that you could drive home and get there without even thinking about it. Because you're programmed like a computer. You don't have to think about how to brush your teeth or even how long to brush your teeth. You just know when you're done brushing your teeth. You don't have to think about chewing, how many times to chew, when to swallow. These things are automatic. They just become automatic. Unfortunately, the enemy has also, through our exposure to the world and our lack of knowledge of the Word of God, been able to program our minds in a way that yields not the peaceable fruit of righteousness, but an unrighteous harvest, fear rejection. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, a doubt, unbelief, an inability to receive the pure word of God, which has been purified seven times in fire. So our subconscious mind is, has to be renewed and our conscious mind has to be renewed by the word of God. But when we get there, when we understand that we are one with him, it changes everything. You're a spirit. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. We've got to understand. It sounds so simple, but I remember about, I don't know, six, eight months ago, I'd heard this for 20 years, and I started to get it. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a spirit. You don't really even know what I look like. I bet I'm just really good looking in the spirit. Amen? You're all good looking in the spirit. Amen? We're, all, we're created in his image. We're all good looking in the spirit. Listen, there's a, a quote that I came across. Yesterday, I spent about an hour and a half in meditation and contemplation. Why? Why? Well, I'm a thinker. I like to think. 
And I don't have as much time as I used to to just sit for large blocks of time and think. But I've made it a point after this week that I'm just, whatever has to get cut out, I'm I'm, going to cut it out because I have a word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is not just to go into Europe and bring revival. The word of the Lord, James Gall prophesied over me. I want to play you the video sometime. The word of the Lord, James Gall prophesied over me and over this house was I was to redig the wells of revival that the late Derek Prince dug in this region. Amen? Amen. And so it's time to dig that well. And yesterday, before I even remember that James had prophesied that, um, the Lord told me, I want you to dig a new well. But here's the thing. We first have to dig a new well here before we can dig it here. So we all have to dig our personal wells. And then when we come together, guess what? We've got just a huge well that we can feed the whole community with. Amen? That's how we're going to get the city saved is by first understanding who we are so that we can tell them who they are. We are a spirit. Amen. It's okay. You can help me preach. It's good. So for about an hour and a half, I was just reading some of the old uh, uh, Christians from days gone by and some of the things they said. There's this woman, Evelyn Underhill. She was a British Christian writer from the early 20th century. And she said this. Now, now if you're, you're, I'm going to challenge you because when I read this, you're going to be like, uh, okay. But you have to hear with spiritual ears. We have to begin to hear with Holy Spirit's ears. We have to begin to see with his eyes. We have to stop thinking and and, and skewing everything through the perspective of the flesh, the world, and the devil. This is, if you'll meditate on this like I did, you'll begin, things will begin to open up to you. And by meditate, I don't mean new age. The Bible tells us 24 times, somebody say 24 times. 24 times in the Bible is the word meditate. And it just means to chew on, to think about, to speak, to study, to roll over in your mind. It's like a cow chewing cud. They actually digest it. It goes in their stomach. They'll go sit down for a while, then they spit it back up and chew it again. It's asking God questions. It's pressing into prayer, praying those things for yourself. And I was there for an hour and a half, and I wish I had longer. But she said, she wrote this, the innate longings of the self for more life, more love, or an ever greater or fuller experience attains a complete realization in the lofty mystical state called union with God. We're one with him. We should, our primary prayer, our primary prayer should be, Lord, I want more of you. Lord, give me more of you. Let me decrease that you might increase, that your light might shine through me. Let me burn and shine like John the Baptist so those around and about me will see there's something different about me. They'll see that I've been with Jesus. I might not be educated, and I might not be this, and I might not be that. This is what they said of the early apostles. They said they, they, they could tell that they'd been with Jesus. Can anybody tell you've been with Jesus? They'll be able to tell when you leave today. Amen. But what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Can they tell you've been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? The reality is we're with him all the time. We're with the spirit all the time. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us, but he's also with us and upon us. We have a threefold reality of the Holy Spirit. But if we're not aware of it, if we're not cognizant of it, if we don't recognize this reality, we won't walk in it. So we have to become more spiritually minded. The Bible says think on things above and not on things beneath. We have to understand the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit in us is for us. He changes us from the inside out.
Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here, back with a very important school, the School of Deliverance. You know, Jesus said, cast out demons. It's one of the primary functions of the believer. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, you'll cast out demons. But many believers, many churches know so little about it. You know, you can actually get in a lot of trouble if you try to cast out demons and you don't understand the dynamics of demonology. I want to teach you. I want to teach you the signs that someone is demonized. For example, another question that we'll discuss in the class is, can Christians have a demon? Well, we'll get into it. How do you cast out a demon? What are the protocols? How do we do this in a safe way? What are some of the most common demonic strongholds? And what are some of the toughest to evict? How do we do this like Christ did it? You know, Jesus cast out devils everywhere he went. We have a lot to learn through the deliverance ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace, his anointing, that we cast out demons. We must, we must, I say we must, learn how to do this the Bible way because there are many, many, many people who are going to be coming into the kingdom through this great revival that we're all anticipating. And guess what? They're going to need deliverance ministry. Deliverance ministry is so often ignored. Most churches don't teach it, but I want to teach you. I've got 18 lessons coming at you in the school of deliverance. You can learn all kinds of things. Look around. You're going to see that a lot of people need help and they don't have anywhere to receive it. You can position yourself to do the work of Christ on the earth, the work of deliverance. Check out this school. It's going to bless you. It's going to equip you. Hey, who knows? There's even teachings on self-deliverance. Maybe there's something that you hadn't considered in the realm of deliverance that will really set you free as well. Check it out. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here. I'm coming to you with an exciting opportunity to partner with me as I advance the kingdom of God around the world. As many of you know, I am doing a daily prayer call that's reaching millions of people, millions and millions of people a year, but I'm also planting houses of prayers, prayer hubs, apostolic centers, and of course, raising up prophets and prophetic people. But I'm also sowing, sowing, sowing. Jennifer LeClaire Ministries sows back into at least 15 other ministries that are touching the sex trafficking industry. They're touching digging wells in Africa. They're helping uh, drug addicts rehabilitate and so, so much more. I need your partnership. When you partner with Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, whether you're in Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, here in the US, wherever you are in the world, you are helping to open a door for me to come to your nation. You are helping feed hungry people. You are helping the gospel be preached. You're helping media projects flow forth. You are helping, you are sowing, and you will reap a harvest. Listen, you cannot outgive God. I can't do what I do without faithful supporters like you. You know, Billy Graham used to say that the janitor who cleaned the bathrooms would receive the same reward as he did for standing on a platform and preaching the gospel. When you sow into our ministry, you receive a reward. I want to invite you to become an official partner. You'll receive a monthly partner resource, special seating at my events, and so much more. The most important thing is you're being partakers of advancing the kingdom of God, especially if you're a prophetic person, if you're mission-minded, if you're apostolically focused, support. So pray. Amen. God is good and he's doing so much more than any one of us can do alone, but together we can do a lot. We can make 
an impact. We can have influence on a lost and dying world. It's time. It's time to rise up and go further. I'm asking you, become a partner today.